Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10 4. Nice tonight. We'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Jeff Gordon across the line for the 93rd time in his career. Alan Kulwicki. He's going to do that Polish victory lap here. Davey Allison brings the Haviland board to the start-finish line and wins the Winston 500. Jack Roush coming off of the pit box. You won the battle, and you won the war. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you in midst of counting down to Speed Weeks 2019. But before we get to Daytona, we've got other things to discuss and something very exciting coming up this weekend. It is a NASCAR Hall of Fame edition of NASCAR Live. This Friday night will be the induction of the 10th class into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and we honor those that are being inducted. They include Jack Roush, Alan Kowicki, Jeff Gordon, Davey Allison, and Roger Penske. We're going to look back at their careers and why they are being honored this week. Also, with the big game coming up this weekend, we talked with some of NASCAR's biggest superstars about their thoughts about the matchup. You know, that's the Rams and the Patriots. Plus, we've got a whole lot more coming up for you as well. As we get started, as we always do. Let's bring in the host of NASCAR Today Midday, Kyle Ricky, who joins us now for the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, just 10 days remain before the start of Speed Weeks, presented by Advent Health at Daytona International Speedway. And there are several new drivers in new places for the upcoming season. Among them, former NASCAR Modified Champion and two-time NASCAR Xfinity Series winner, Ryan Priest who will drive the number 47 car at JTG Doherty Racing this year and says respectfully racing through his rookie season at NASCAR's top level will be key. I think it's just going to be racing around different people that I've ever raced against and earning their respect, but at the same time, I'm racing out there. Uh, I'm doing a job just like they are, so um, it's just going to come down to keeping, keeping the car clean and, and doing what I've done my entire life. Priest will represent the team at an organizational test session this Thursday and Friday at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway to test the new 2019 Aero Package. We are just a few short days from Super Bowl Sunday, and many in the NASCAR garage are picking their favorites in a game that will feature the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams, including Dale Earnhardt Jr. With Tom Brady and his sort of 
you know, it, it, the way he has taken on this sort of chip on his shoulder about how everybody said they couldn't make it, and he said, we're going to make it. We're going to beat the, you know, they don't think we can beat the Chiefs, we're going to beat the Chiefs. They went out and beat the Chiefs. I kind of like that. I think that um, a lot of people are ready for him to retire, and I don't know, I think it'd be cool if he won another one. And Kyle Busch has set his NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series schedule for this season. It will include five races, beginning with the second event of the season at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. For more NASCAR news, see MRN.com. Mike? Thanks, Kyle. Coming up, we will kick off our NASCAR Hall of Fame edition of NASCAR Live with the cat in the hat, Jack Roush. He's our NASCAR Person of the Week. Brought to you by AutoZone. Does your check engine light have you stressing? The free AutoZone Fix Finder service will help you find the likely issues, saving you time and money. See store for restrictions and details. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Business is starting to pick up in these parts, as they would say. One week from this weekend, we will be at Daytona International Speedway for the kickoff of the Speed Weeks 2019. You'll hear Motor Racing Network's live coverage of Daytona 500 qualifying one week from Sunday. Airtime is noon Eastern. And then that'll be followed at 2 Eastern by the Advance Auto Parts Clash. 22 drivers going to square off there in race one, stock car-wise, of Speed Weeks 2019. There is still time to join us, get those plane tickets booked, get those travel plans made, and come on down and enjoy some warm weather at the World Center of Racing. Coming up, our NASCAR Hall of Fame edition of NASCAR Live will continue. We will spotlight the cat in the hat, Jack Roush. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. As we mentioned earlier, we're highlighting the next five members of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. One of those members is the cat in the hat. John Ernest Roush, better known as Jack Roush, was born in Covington, Kentucky, on April 19, 1942. At the age of five, Roush got his first taste of rebuilding engines with his father. My dad had a coal and ice business in the 40s and I, when I was four or five years old. And he had 14 trucks and they would go 10,000 miles and every 10,000 miles you needed to take them apart and replace the rings and do a valve job on these old uh, Ford and Chevrolet and uh, General Motors trucks. As a teenager, Jack Roush started his own lawn mowing business with his brother. His son, Jack Roush Jr., says this was the beginning of a dynasty that Roush would soon build. His parent, my dad's parents, were very entrepreneurial in their small town. And my dad, I think that inspired my dad to start his own business. And so he wanted to mow lawns. And in doing that, one of the things he had to uh, maintain was the engines. That really sparked him to become intensely interested in engines. He got, you know, as he got older, he got into car engines. Um, you know, that I really see that as kind of the core of everything that our company does. After graduating from Berea College, Jack Roush made a series of decisions that set the groundwork to a successful career in the automotive industry. I had a, an interview with the uh, Air Force who wanted me to ride in the back seat of an F-4 and be an ordnance officer, a navigator and I decided I'd go to work for Ford instead. That was the other interview I had. So I, I bought a Mustang, went to work for Ford, 
and within 30 days I was working in the Ford assembly plant working on the quality problems that the vendors were having with parts they were shipped in. In the early 80s, Roush started a road racing team in the Trans Am series and in the Camel GT series. I started my own road race team in 84 and started winning uh, most of the races we went to. The first 10 years we raced in, in, uh, in road racing, we won over 50% of the races. We finished up with 15 years of involvement. We went in 10, 24-hour races out of 24, went in 48% of the races we entered overall. In 1987, Ford Motor Company and Jack Roush formed a partnership. The Blue Oval wanted to be more competitive in NASCAR, and Jack Roush was intrigued by the predominantly Southern sport. Ford decided that by, by 87, 86 or 87, that they wanted to increase the size of their footprint in NASCAR. And so they asked me if I'd start a team if they gave me some, uh, some seed corn, and I had some seed corn of my own, and, and uh, Strove Brewery Company in Detroit was ready to sponsor a car if I'd build it. And so uh, with Ford's encouragement and with uh, uh, Strove Brewery Company's support, we started a, a program that went stock car racing at, uh, in 1988. When it came down to hiring a driver for his new team, a NASCAR legend told Jack to hire Mark Martin. Jack talked to everybody who would have been the logical first choices. Bobby Allison said, why don't you get Mark Martin to drive their car, Jeff Bodine, a few others. And when all the preferable drivers got weeded out, they, they got down, the list got down to me. So he finally called me. Steve told me he was going to call me for three months. And uh, finally he called me asked me to come up there. And I talked to Mark after I talked to, to three three other guys whose names I'm not going to mention. And the other guys were all interested in how much money they would make and how many days they had to, to do personal services. And Mark was interested in how many tires I would buy and uh, how much we would test and, uh, and wh who would work on the car. After nearly two years of competition, Jack Roush scored his first win as a team owner in 1989 at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Mark Martin drives up high out of turn number four, comes out of the corner, and every person in this grandstand is cheering him on. He comes down, and he will win the AC Delco 500. It has been a long, hard road for Mark Martin, but he will go to victory lane. In 2003, 14 years after that first win in Rockingham, Jack Roush won his first championship with Matt Kenseth behind the wheel. First time championship, congratulations. Well, you know, I, I'm kind of in shock over the whole deal. Like I said earlier, it's kind of like breaking through a plate glass window. There's a lot of pain getting through it. I don't know what it's gonna be like on the other side, but I've been looking through the window for a while. The following year, he would do it again with Kurt Busch. And fifth is Kurt Busch, and he is the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series champion. Let's go to his pit. And the celebration begins. Jack Roush coming off of the pit box. Jack, you won the battle, and you won the war today. Congratulations. Ah, this is a feast or famine business, you know. We've been in a dogfight today, and it worked out okay. I wouldn't have given five cents for our chances going in. Since that first win in 1989, Jack Roush has become the winningest team owner in NASCAR history among NASCAR's top three divisions, including eight championships. The Motor Racing Network congratulates the newest member of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Jack Roush. Jack Roush is the first of three car owners that will be inducted into this year's NASCAR Hall of Fame. Coming up next, we'll honor another car owner that defeated the odds as he drove his own car to a Cup Series championship. 
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to this NASCAR Hall of Fame edition of NASCAR Live. Another inductee this year includes the 1992 Cup Series champion, Alan Kowicki. Alan Kowicki grew up in Greenfield, Wisconsin, near the famed Milwaukee Mile, where his father was an engine builder and crew chief for top USAC teams. The racing veteran taught the young Kowicki to be resourceful, preaching that if you wanted something done, do it yourself and become the best. Kowicki did just that, reaching the pinnacle of NASCAR before tragically losing his life in April 1993. Kowicki's driving career started in karting at age 13. He quickly moved to stock cars at the local level. At age 20, Kowicki advanced to the late model division, winning his first feature in Oshkosh. The successful Kowicki made his debut in NASCAR's Cup Series on September 8, 1985 at Richmond Raceway and drove for Billy Terry for one season before fielding his own team. Driver Joe Nemechek remembers Kowicki's drive to do things his way. He was a great guy. I mean, he, he worked hard. Kind of reminds me of, of how I've come up, you know, being an engineering background, getting in there hands-on, working on your cars, figuring out how to make these things go, just flying by the seat of your pants. He was an incredible driver, I can tell you that. Kowicki was a one-man team, essentially, finding it difficult to trust crew members to meet the high level of excellence he demanded. The aggressive owner-driver sought out those who formerly owned their own race cars, believing they'd understand the long hours and hands-on philosophy. Driver Brett Bodine formed a bond with Kowicki, a friendship based on their similar backgrounds. He was uh, very sociable to someone that wanted to talk racing. He, re he didn't want to talk about other things, but he wanted to talk about the mechanics of the car. And, and I'm a degreed engineer also, and we kind of had that in common. I really admired his work ethics and, and how he approached the sport. Did it a little different than folks back then. And, uh, tried to apply engineering concepts to racing. Kowicki's shining moment came in the final event of the 1992 season. The epic contest was Richard Petty's last and Jeff Gordon's first, but the drama belonged to Kowicki and Bill Elliott as they battled for the lead. Elliott's car getting stronger and stronger, and Kowicki's car beginning to fade a bit. Kowicki looked to the high side of the racetrack. Elliott had a shot at him down low, falls to the outside, now he'll try him there. Elliott ultimately won the race with Kowicki a close second. Combined with consistent finishes throughout the season, the runner-up slot was good enough to nudge the Wisconsin native to the 1992 NASCAR Cup title. Alan Kowicki does the 1992 Winston Cup Championship dance. And we'll find out here shortly whether Alan begins to do, well, here he is, he's making the turn. He's gonna do that Polish victory lap here. I'm really proud of everything we've accomplished and really proud of the team. They've done a great job and, you know, the goal is to win races. The ultimate goal is to win the championship and the ultimate satisfaction is if you can do it on your own. The Motor Racing Network salutes 2019 Hall of Fame inductee, Alan Kowicki. Wow, it was amazing what Alan Kowicki was able to accomplish in 1992, something that will never be forgotten in this sport. Coming up on this NASCAR Hall of Fame edition of NASCAR Live, we're going to feature Roger Penske, Davey Allison, and Jeff Gordon. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are honoring those being inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame Friday night in Uptown Charlotte. By the way, catch the coverage here on Motor Racing Network, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
We're celebrating the careers of these five individuals that will be enshrined Friday night. Another car owner to go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame is a man simply known as the captain. Roger Searle Penske was born in Shaker Heights, Ohio in 1937, the son of a successful corporate executive for a metal fabrication company. Penske was encouraged by his father, Jay, to someday become an entrepreneur. As many call Penske, the captain was fascinated with cars at a young age, buying older cars and repairing them to be sold. You know, I loved cars as a young individual, and my dad took me to Indy, and you know, it kind of became part of my DNA was with automobiles. It helped us build a brand, so I would say it started right at the beginning. In the 1950s, Penske's interests in cars naturally evolved into racing. While attending college at Lehigh Valley and graduating college in 1959, Penske began racing and made his first start at the Marlboro Motor Raceway in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. By 1960, he was well-known. He competed in a few Formula One Grand Prix and also won a NASCAR Pacific Coast late model race at Riverside in 1963. In 1965, Penske ended his driving career to focus on a new business venture, owning a Chevrolet dealership in Philadelphia. In 66, Penske Racing was formed, and their debut came at the 24 Hours of Daytona. In 1969, Penske fielded his first team at the Indy 500. And in 1972, with driver Mark Donahue, he won the first of 17 Team Penske Indy 500s. Penske dabbled in NASCAR through some of the 70s, fielded cars for names like Dave Marcus and Donnie Allison, and even ran a full-time schedule in 76 with Bobby Allison. 1976 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National season is moving down for a start, and it's underway as Bobby Allison takes the lead. Allison goes in front. In 1980, the team fielded a car for Rusty Wallace twice, finishing second in his first race at Atlanta. In 1991, Penske made a return to NASCAR, with Wallace again driving for the famous open-wheel car owner. Teaming up with the Miller Brewing Company, Penske and Wallace went on to have loads of success together, earning 37 wins in 15 seasons. Ernie Urban is door-to-door. They bang as they come off the corner, and Wallace will win it by half a car length as they cross the start finish line. Rusty Wallace getting his first win with his brand-new team in 1991. The team has won over 100 Premier Series races in NASCAR. But Rusty Wallace will win his 10th race of the year. And in 2008, Penske won his first of two Daytona 500s with Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman brings him off turn four for the last time into the trioval. A long, dry spell for this driver. He will win the 50th Daytona 500. And his second came in 2015 with Joey Logano. And the Daytona 500 is over and across the line taking the captain Roger Penske to victory lane is Joey Logano. In 2012, Brad Keselowski won the captain his first championship at the cup level. And 28-year-old Brad Keselowski is the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series champion. And I can't tell you what a thrilled is for me. It was a goal I've had for so many years and uh, been able to make it happen now. It's uh, just amazing. And this past November, Logano scored Penske's second championship. Joey Logano in his 10th full-time season in the Cup Series is going to win. While his accomplishments on the track are impressive, his work off the track has been tremendously important. 
1996, Penske built the two-mile Auto Club Speedway in Southern California. But to come to a racetrack like this where Roger Penske has put together a $110 million facility, everything here is almost perfect. We haven't heard any negatives from any of the drivers. And previously owned the Michigan International Speedway, Nazareth Speedway, and North Carolina Speedway. Former NASCAR President Mike Helton says Penske's vision to build the Auto Club Speedway has always been admirable. To think that there was going to be a racetrack on that piece of property took a lot of vision. I'd always had a great deal of admiration for Roger Penske, but for him to see the Auto Club Speedway potential right there in that footprint, uh, I still, every time I pull into the Speedway, I still think about that moment. You would be hard-pressed to find anyone more respected in the garage area than Roger Penske, says competitor and friend Rick Hendrick of Hendrick Motorsports. He's one of my best friends. I have nothing but respect for him and what he's accomplished is unbelievable. Well, it's unbelievable to see someone that can win in uh, Formula One and, and open wheel and, and win all the championships and do the things he's done. I don't know how he does it. He's a perfectionist and he's... Uh, Again, I, I uh, admire him and uh, hold him in the highest regard. The Motor Racing Network congratulates the newest member of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Roger Penske. All three of Roger Penske's Cup Series drivers drove to victory lane in 2018, and one of those drove to a championship. Joey Logano in his 10th full-time season in the Cup Series is going to win the 2018 Series. Oh, man. I, honestly, I, I would have thought he had been inducted into the Hall of Fame long before this. Uh, after um, seeing what he's given to our sport and to our community, uh, you know, I, I think it's one of the best-kept secrets in our sport sometimes and you you forget when you watch these videos of all the race wins you forget that he built a lot of racetracks uh, you, you forget that you know his whole business is built on, on racing you know he's uh, you know we had our 50th anniversary of, of him being in racing a few years ago now uh, you know so what a, a great honor for him to, to be able to, to be inducted into you know what is the biggest award you can get uh, in our sport so um, I'm so excited to be there and to watch it and to be a part of that. Um, and it couldn't come at a better time after you win a championship and then you, you cap it off with being inducted into the, to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's just, uh, it's well-deserved uh, for a man that uh, has a big heart, but also won't, you won't ever see anyone work harder than. Uh, he is, he's the hardest working man I've ever met. Brad Keselowski off turn two for the final time, looking to win the Southern Final. Think about, uh, you know, someone who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you look at who was, uh, you know, not in it already. It's hard to think of anyone more deserving than Roger Penske with this success on the track, uh, obviously in NASCAR, but even off the track with what he's done on the track side and the level of professionalism he brought to the sport and, and even some of the innovations he brought to the sport, like the, uh, the modern-day jet dryer. Uh, he has such a well-rounded list of accomplishments and, and things he's uh, helped to, to uh, bring to the sport to help advance it. Uh, that it just uh, it really makes sense. Ryan Blaney will score his first career win. You know, when you hear the name Roger Penske, and I, you know, obviously I know who he was growing up, watched my dad race in sport, and uh, you're kind of intimidated. You know, I remember my first time meeting him. Um, we were in his bus at the racetrack. We came in, and um, I was very nervous uh, because, you know, he's got a reputation of being, you know, a very, you know, straight cut, white shirt guy, and, and I was really nervous. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be up to standards, and um, but he was a, a, you know, a really great, great person, still is, and 
Uh, one thing that really helped me in realizing that, uh, just how great of a, of a soul he is, is um, I gave that Xfinity race away at, at Indy a couple years ago, and uh, I thought I was going to get fired. I thought I was done. And um, I talked to him the next morning in his bus, and it was, it was really reassuring, uh, really uh, good advice he gave me from, you know, learn from your mistakes, move on. And um, that kind of solidified that, yeah, this is probably one of the best people that I know. Again, we congratulate Roger Penske on his induction into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Coming up, we'll pay tribute to the late Davey Allison and later, Jeff Gordon. He's two car lengths out in front and the pack is steaming down behind him. Only one goal. One moment you're the attacker, the next moment you're the defender. One dream. Side by side for the race lead. One tradition. Three to go. It's on here at Daytona. Can be the greatest. Everybody wants to win the great American race. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. NASCAR returns. But he's going to do it. And the 2019 season begins. Well, your seatbelts down. It's getting ready to get really crazy. The Daytona 500, Sunday, February 17th on the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This week, we are honoring those that compile the 10th class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Another member that will be going in on Friday night is Davey Allison. Davey Allison was born into a legendary NASCAR family. Father Bobby was a key member of the famed Alabama gang, and racing culture surrounded the young Allison for his entire life. Over the short duration of his NASCAR Cup Series career, Allison showed incredible potential to succeed and perhaps become the next superstar. Sadly, the second-generation driver would never get the chance to prove it, as Davey tragically lost his life in a July 1993 helicopter crash at Talladega Super Speedway. The Allison racing legacy took shape when the family moved from Miami, Florida to Alabama, seeking racing opportunities in 1959. Early on, Davey worked on his father's race team before turning wrench on his own cars. In 1979, the young upstart Allison's racing career kicked into gear at Birmingham International Raceway. Then he quickly jumped to the Arca Series. Talladega Super Speedway was the scene for Allison's first NASCAR Cup Series start on July 28th. 1985. Yeah, this is the first Grand National race I've ever started. You know, I qualified in Daytona for February, and we had a little problem in the qualifying race. And I want to thank Haas Ellington. What do you think about starting support in front of your daddy? Did he uh, say anything about that? No, uh, I'm just trying to do the best I can do, and I wish him the best of luck. And as long as he finishes right behind me, that'll be fine. Allison finished an impressive 10th, earning him opportunities to sub for the injured Neil Bonnet the following season. Driving the number 28 Texaco Haviland Ford for Harry Rainier, Davey earned his status in the Alabama game after finally winning before the Bama crowd at Talladega. Highly partisan crowd cheering the young driver who's won here in Arca but never a Winston Cup race. Davey Allison brings the Haviland Ford to the start finish line and wins the Winston 500. Davey teamed up with Robert Yates Racing in 1989 and the duo claimed four victories over the next two seasons prompting Yates to fire crew chief Jake Elder at Darlington in 1991 and pair up as young superstar with new crew chief Larry McReynolds. One month later, Davey won the Coca-Cola 600, leading more than half the race. Allison and McReynolds fit together well, finishing off the 1991 season with five wins, lining Allison up as a legitimate 1992 championship contender. As the season kicked off in Daytona, 
Allison wasted no time as he claimed the top spot in the great American race. Two proud drivers, two proud oil companies as corporate America battles together on the last lap of the 500. Morgan Shepard looks inside, no chance, and Davey Allison is a first-time winner of the Daytona 500. For father and NASCAR champion Bobby Allison, Davey's reputation as one of the best transcends his short career. He was good. His life was short, but he really did good. Did good with the race car, but he also gathered the people too. Fans love him. The Motor Racing Network salutes 2019 Hall of Fame inductee Davey Allison. And while we celebrate the induction of Davey Allison into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, there is a gentleman that celebrated with Davey 11 times over the course of his career, and that would be his crew chief, Larry McReynolds. Five wins in 1991, five wins in 1992, and one win. In 1993, Davey and Larry McReynolds were close on and off the racetrack. Uh, oh, my gosh, Mike. And, you, you know, a, a lot of people linked Davey and I together because we were both from the Birmingham, Hueytown area. And really, I never got to know Davey when, when I was in Birmingham because about the time I migrated to the Carolinas to pursue my NASCAR career, Davey was really just getting started in the late model sportsman stuff there around Birmingham and other tracks around the southeast. But, you know, Davey was such a smart race car driver. He he honestly made my life pretty easy. And there's no question, when I made that move to Robert Yates Racing, the 28 car, and Davey Allison in the very early part of 91, it, it was a career-making move for me. But there wasn't much about that race car that Davey didn't understand, that Davey didn't know about. A lot had to do with the way Bobby Allison brought him along throughout his young career, making him learn and work on those race cars. And nine out of ten times, if, if I went with what Davey really wanted to do that race car, it, it normally made the race car drive better and made it faster on the racetrack. But I guess, you know, off the racetrack, just just – an unbelievable individual and and I still use Davy Allison as a role model today for myself. Uh, you know, the biggest example I can give you is when we got word in August of nineteen ninety two that his brother Clifford had been killed uh in a crash at Michigan in the Xfinity series, you know, Robert and I were were sideways. We didn't really know what to do. Davy was already in Michigan and we were scheduled to fly out later on that afternoon. And when we finally got to Michigan, of course, we didn't have cell phones back then. And, and we found Davey and got in touch with him that night asking him what he wanted to do. Did he want us to get Jim Sauter to run the car? You know, what did, he, what did he want us to do? And he stopped us dead in our tracks. And he said, you know, let me tell you guys something. Yeah, my brother was killed today. And I've got a hole in my heart that burns when the wind blows. But you know what? I'm here to do a job. And I'm going to do my job. And we're going to go out and win that race on Sunday. And then I'll go back to Alabama and we'll bury my brother Clifford on Monday. That's just a dedicated individual that Davey Allison was. I, I know when the newer fans, look at they look at Davey's numbers, Mike, they go, wait a minute, Hall of Famer? But I'm telling you, if you ever get to witness that guy drive and witness the type of person that he was, honestly, I think we're, we're proud he's going in the Hall of Fame this week, but I think we're almost a little tardy putting him in there. I think you are correct about that, especially 
especially his fans and his faithful. And Davey falls into the category, Larry, of what could have been. You know, we talk about Tim Richmond and, and how he was taken from us. Well, that same conversation applies to Davey Allison. Have you ever stopped, sat down, and thought about what could have been if Davey wasn't taken? Well, I'm, I'm very careful with that one, Mike. Uh, we don't live in a what-if world. You know, it is what it is. And But, you know, what I think it, when you honestly look at two of these inductees on Friday night, uh, even though Alan Quickie did win that championship in 92, I, I think you could have that conversation about both Davey and Alan Quickie. Uh, probably the biggest thing I look at and think about, Mike, is I really think my life would have been totally different. My career path would have been totally different had it not been for Davey getting killed in July of 1993 because I think I would have been with Davey Allison until the day he decided to hang up his helmet. Uh, and probably I could see that Davey and I may have done something together beyond his driving career in NASCAR. Um, you know, Davey's death was probably one thing that led me to leaving Robert Yates Racing. Not that it was anybody's fault, but the reason I left Robert Yates Racing at the end of 1996 had nothing to do with Robert. It had nothing to do with anyone. It's just the cards we were constantly being dealt with, that 28 car, with Davey being killed in, in 1993 and Ernie being severely injured in August of 94 when we were on a championship run. I guess I just reached the point where I was physically spent and I just needed a change mentally. And uh, had it not been for Davey being killed, probably the biggest thing I think about is how different my career would have been. There's probably a good chance I never would have uh, turned crew chief to broadcaster. That's an interesting point you make there. And it's amazing how, how things unravel over the course of a period of time, how, how a path that we go down will lead us one way. And i tell you what, if you're a fan of Davey Allison for the NASCAR Hall of Fame induction ceremony for 2019, I would imagine that this is this is a path or this is a story that's gone actually full circle. This actually probably is a bow on the uh, on the Christmas present for the Davey Allison fans, isn't it? Well, it really is, and it, it's a bow on the package for Larry McReynolds personally to sit there one year ago and to see another one of my best friends, a guy that taught me so much about winning and losing and racing in general, Robert Yates. Uh, and now to see Davey Allison going in there this year, that, that definitely puts the, the bow in the package. I, I get a sneaky feeling for me personally, no different than a year ago. It's going to be a very emotional night for a lot of people, but it's going to be very emotional for me uh, because in my book, uh, when he was still driving a race car, still alive, we were still working together. Even though the NASCAR Hall of Fame didn't exist back in the early 90s, there was no question in my mind Davey Allison was an absolute true Hall of Famer. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll honor Jeff Gordon, and later we'll get the thoughts of some NASCAR personalities on this week's Super Bowl in Atlanta. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to this NASCAR Hall of Fame edition of NASCAR Live. Our final inductee is a four-time Cup Series champion, Jeff Gordon. 
Jeff Gordon was born in Vallejo, California, where his stepfather, John Bickford, helped spark an interest in racing. After winning a few quarter midget titles in California, the family moved to Pittsburgh, Indiana to begin Gordon's full-size racing career. And Gordon would cut his teeth with the very best USAC sprint car drivers the organization had to offer. At the age of 19, Gordon won the National Midget Championship and the following year won the USAC Silver Crown Series title. While his path was heading toward the brickyard, he grew fond of stock car racing. His first NASCAR start came in 1990 at the Rockingham Speedway in what was then the Bush Grand National Series, today's Xfinity Series, for owner Hugh Connery. 19-year-old Jeff Gordon, really a story here. He's never been to Rockingham. Jeff, it's a lot different driving those sprint cars and midget cars. Oh, you know, it's all the difference in the world. He joined Bill Davis's team in 1991 and raced full-time in the Bush Series, earning Rookie of the Year honors. In only his 35th start, Jeff Gordon of Pittsburgh, Indiana, takes the checkered flag and wins the Atlanta 300. I'm absolutely speechless. I mean, I, this is a dream come true. In 1992, Gordon won three races for Davis and the Baby Ruth team, and his stock in NASCAR began to rise. It didn't take long for Gordon to start drawing the eyes of some big-time mega teams in NASCAR, and most notably, Rick Hendrick of Hendrick Motorsports. I just had this feeling that all that raw talent, I saw that with Tim Richmond, you know, and that just, if you can drive a car out of control like that, you're, and being young and being able to do that, I thought, boy, this, this, this kid's gonna be a star. Hendrick signed Gordon in May of 1992, and that November, Gordon made his Cup Series debut at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. On the same day, Richard Petty retired and ran amid a fierce championship battle between eventual titleist Alan Kowicki, the late Davey Allison, and NASCAR Hall of Famer Bill Elliott. Back to the stripe, lap one of 200. Jeff Gordon on the low side of the racetrack leads the first lap of the Daytona 500. In 1993, Gordon drove to the Rookie of the Year title in the Cup Series, and the year after, he earned victories in two of NASCAR's elite races, the Coke 600 at Charlotte and the inaugural Brickyard 400 at Indy. Jeff Gordon pads his lead atop the Winston Cup Championship with win number seven of the year. His first championship came in 1995. While Jeff Gordon grabs the 1995 NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. And again in 97 and 98 with the forthcoming in 2001. He's won the Daytona 500 three times. Gordon moves low to block. They come to the tri-oval. Earnhardt will not be able to do anything with him. Jeff Gordon wins the Daytona 500. The Brickyard 400 five times and won the Southern 500 six times, earning a $1 million bonus in the 1997 edition. Burton looks down to the inside. He'll not be able to do it. Jeff Gordon holds off a last lap charge by Jeff Burton and wins the Mountain Dew Southern 500. And Jeff Gordon wins the Winston Million. Despite Gordon's incredible talents on the racetrack, his accomplishments off were just as remarkable. Clean cut, polished in front of a camera, Gordon helped push auto racing in the sport of NASCAR straight to America's televisions and the mainstream media. His philanthropic efforts have been life-changing, launching the Jeff Gordon Foundation in 1999. And in 2006, he opened the Jeff Gordon Children's Hospital in Concord, North Carolina. The Motor Racing Network congratulates the newest member of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Jeff Gordon. Jeff's had a busy week this week. He was also inducted into the National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame on Sunday night. He was asked about the honor 
and his thoughts on going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame later this week. Well, I mean, what I've, what, what I've taken from it so far is, um, you know, just, just a lot of reminiscing of my career, how it, how it came to, uh, you know, to this today and, and, and to receive these great honors like tonight and, and next week. Um, you know, it's, it's been a hell of a ride, I can tell you that. And, and I think that, the, you know, each year that I'm out of being in a competitive environment in the car, um, I appreciate it the career that I had, the time that I came into the sport, the people that I was able to uh, connect with, um, you know, the, the, the media, how the press treated me over the years and told my story. And, and um, you know, I, I, I now look back on it and go, damn, did all that really happen? Because it just seemed like it flew by during the, during the moments that I was, I was competing. But and a lot of times while you're competing, you don't, you don't look at it the same way. You're just trying to make the car go faster, try to work with your team, try to get um, you know, the next win or the next best finish you can get or a championship. And so now it's really nice to, uh, to step away. And, and, and what I've gotten the most out of going to the Hall of Fame is, is seeing the, the drivers, and, and not just the drivers, but the individuals that uh, have been honored, and, and seeing them tell these, these stories about their time in the sport, and, and seeing their appreciation for uh, the recognition and, and the moments that they had, and telling these great stories. And, um, you know, I, I think each year that, I, that that time goes by, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to bring those thoughts and memories back of, of how special my time behind the wheel was uh, of a stock car in the NASCAR's uh, you know, level. Jeff Gordon is a true champion and ambassador of the sport, and we congratulate him on his accomplishments. As we count down to Speed Week's 2019 at Daytona, Motor Racing Network and Whelan are spotlighting NASCAR crew members each week. This week's Whelan trusted to perform pit crew member is Paul Swan. He's the front tire carrier for Richard Childress Racing. MRN's Rocco Williams talked with him about his career. We're ready. We've been uh, we've been grinding hard this off season. We got a new workout regimen we've been doing. We got practice going. We've been thrashing, man. We're excited. New workout regimen. What is that? Would that include horse riding? I thought I saw you on the back of a horse <laughs> on your social media. What's up with that? Man, yeah, it was it was a, it was a little horse. That was, that was my first time riding a horse down on the honeymoon. Uh, shout out to my wife, Mariel. She uh, she got me to go get on the horse, and we uh, we had some fun on it. It was. Uh, Definitely a different experience. Good workout for the legs. Speaking of which, newlywed, Mariel, your wife now, she doesn't have a unique occupation, does she? She is a Monster Energy model, and she also works as a Monster Energy model manager. She kind of transitioned last year from doing just modeling to being more of a manager now, and she still does the modeling every now and then, but she's kind of starting to get into more of that managerial role of it, and she's loving it, man. And it's, it's great for us because... You know, we met through the sport of NASCAR, you know, our best friends, Austin and Whitney, we met through them. And so it's like all four of us get to travel together on the weekends and be in the same place. And it definitely is great for the relationship because I know how stressful it can be on relationships, traveling all year round and, you know, not getting the weekends with your significant other. But it, so it's really nice that we get to travel together and be in the same place on the weekends. Richard Children's Race and Paul Swan, what are you expecting for 2019? Man, we're excited. We're really excited for the opportunity to go, you know, start off defending our title at the 500. Uh, we have Danny Stockman as our crew chief this year, and as, you know, I think most people know, 
Stockman's the one who won the truck championship with Austin, and then they went won the, well, it was Nationwide, but now it's Xfinity, won the Xfinity championship with Austin, and so now they're reuniting in Cup, and, you know, we're expecting some big things from our team and from those two being together, and, you know, we're just super excited for 2019. That's Paul Swan, front tire carrier for Richard Childress Racing. Your Wheeland trusted to perform pit crew member of the week. Brought to you by Wheeland. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheeland is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Coming up next, we'll hear from some NASCAR personalities thinking about this week's Super Bowl matchup. It's our AutoZone commercial free zone. Does your check engine light have you stressing? A free AutoZone Fix Minder service will help you find the likely issues, saving you time and money. See store for restrictions and details. Get in the zone, AutoZone. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Uh, we're putting a bow on this week's NASCAR Live. We appreciate you joining us. Of course, like you, us, millions of people will be glued to the TV this weekend to watch the big game between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams, including some of NASCAR's biggest superstars. But do they have favorites? We start first with Hendrick Motorsports driver Jimmy Johnson. You know, for the longest time, there's been the comparison of Belichick and Brady to Chad and myself, so I've always kind of leaned a little that way. But the Rams and close to home and friends that have played for the Rams, I'm really kind of neutral. I don't have any skin in this one, honestly. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. The way those playoff games went um, on Sunday were, were insane, so I hope, I hope that's setting up for a great Super Bowl. What about Team Penske driver Brad Keselowski? I'm a Tom Brady guy because he went to Michigan. I like Michigan, so it's good, too. It's, it's one for the, the mid-40s guys, and one day I'll be there, and I'll appreciate that. Most everyone knows that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a Washington Redskins fan, but for this game, He's pulling for Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not, not not really any reason to pull for Tom Brady, but I love to see our greats be great. Anytime there's somebody out there just dominating something in any kind of sport, I like to see them do more of that and add to that. Create such an insurmountable legacy and, and raise the standard for everybody that comes behind them. What about Joe Gibbs Racing's Kyle Busch? I am a Broncos fan. Broncos are my number one love, but um, Patriots are a very close second these days. They've uh, they've certainly been overwhelmingly welcoming to myself and Samantha, as well mm-hmm. as Brexton. They, the Kraft family's invited us up to their suite a few times, and uh, that was another invitation for us to go up there. So we, we took on a part of that and looking forward to going to the Super Bowl. And being a Patriots fan at the Super Bowl and cheering those guys on, I mean, Tom Brady's one of the all-time bests. In, in football, and uh, it'll be nice to see him try to chase after another Super Bowl ring. Seven-time Cup Series champion crew chief Chad Knauss. Those of you remember, like, the old 48 when we were winning all the time, and the old 24 when they were winning all the time, and half the people would tune in to see if they would win, and the other half would tune in to see if they would lose, right? So I'm I'm very going to be very observant of the Patriots because not that I want to go one way or the other. I'm just curious of what's going to happen. So um, I'm really looking forward to that game. If it's anything like the two games that we just had last Sunday, it's going to be a heck of a football game. I'm excited about it. Oh, it's going to be an exciting game for sure. Question is, who will prevail, Patriots or Rams? This has been the AutoZone Commercial Free Zone. Does your check engine light have you stressing? The free AutoZone FixMinder service will help you find the likely issues, saving you time and money. See store for restrictions and details. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Again, Motor Racing Network honors the 2019 class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Jack Roush, Roger Penske, Jeff Gordon, Alan Kowicki, and Davey Allison. Catch all the coverage this Friday night. Motor Racing Network airtime begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time. 
Our thanks to Larry McReynolds for joining us on today's show. Our thanks also to Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, and Brad Keselowski. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. So long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the expressed written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.